All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are not this ready. Is black, but y'all better get ready. Table, table, read. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Black table, read. We the team to get you focused. We the hottest, we the baddest, we the boldest. Turn up the volume, it's your people, yeah, you know this. Young black artists in the fold, yeah, we own it. Yeah. It is a new day, a new dawn. Aha! Amen. Welcome to Black Table Read, y'all. Listen, I get so excited because it's another day to greet the people and to be with I'm my so brother. Concerned. I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm so concerned. Why? I'm so concerned right now. <laughs> I'm happy. Listen. I thought, I, I thought you was going to break out in a... Look, it is it a good is. day. It is a good day. I, I must admit, it is a wonderful Tuesday, and you know what that means. Black Table Read is back, yo. It's back. For a new episode. <laughs> Bro, how you been? <laughs> All right, everybody. My name is Jerry's Clyde. I was, I, I, you look, know what? Let's do, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's greet the people. All on my, my, foot. my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> look. For, for all of y'all that don't know who I am, my name is Jarius Clyde, Mr. King Pity himself. What's up, everybody? It's Lydia Iku, the queen of shade. But you know what? I haven't even mm. been giving shade here lately, so I may just, I may just keep it at queen. I know. I, I've been petty. I'm not even. I'm, I'm oh yeah, okay. you always I've gonna been, be that. I've been keeping King up petty the petty on my. I'm, I'm gonna always be petty. Hey. Crown. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, now that I can answer your question, no, I've been good. Uh, a lot of good stuff on my end. Uh, I just booked something that I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. Uh, and so book him. Yeah, yeah. We out Booked here. Booked and blessed. Twenty one. <laughs> Look, it's crazy. So like last week, or was it week before last? I, I celebrated my three year anniversary of being a full time performer and creative hey man that's um, awesome and it's it's still kind of like crazy how it all like came to be because it's so cute that you have an anniversary i well i i can i can pinpoint it that's that's been the great thing it's like i know exactly when i decided to do like to do this yeah and so it yeah so it was two weeks ago and it's just kind of crazy like three years ago nobody knew who i was in atlanta uh, and now it's like, y'all notice, y'all notice the the man has some skills, has some some things to offer. Yeah. Um, put me in, put put me in, coach. Put, just put me yeah, in. Yeah. So yeah. So all all blessings to the Most High on on yeah. on keeping the things up. But how how about you? What's 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 going on with you? Look, God. <laughs> Come on when, now. When you Testify just, when you if you just must. Know... Testify if you must. When you just know, if I may, for for all my believers and non-believers, what that's an organ player because, at? What an organ at? <laughs> um, <laughs> hit me with a good time. Put uh, me in the key of C. Hit me with another note. Uh, uh, hit me with your good foot. Uh, um, <laughs> so this coffee is good, y'all. Um, oh, no, Lord. man. Like when when you ever had that feeling where you know. Doubt is on one side, favors on the other, and you're literally just like stuck in the middle, like mm-hmm. which way is, you know, which door is about to sway open real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. But the way that God works oh, yeah. huh, is that mm-hmm. looking at doubt, <laughs> looking, at, 
looking at that door, it, it's, it says nothing because favor yeah. is already for. Favor is already yours. Uh, uh, huh? Okay. Look, she ran. She ran. She already ran. hit around the, she already ran around see, the church. Y'all, y'all won't see it, but <laughs> I'll do, we're going to put in some little pitter-patter sounds right here. Um, but no, like, I, I feel she like... Took off. I, <laughs> no, I feel like, you know, God has just shown so much favor just here recently. And it's... Yeah. it's, it's oh, yeah. Not, not even recently, just, just period. But I've just been feeling feeling that that ever-changing feel of God just, like, holding tight and just being like, I got you. I got you. Stop, stop, you know, I got you. So, yeah, that's that's where it's at. But look, y'all, it's, it's here. It's Tuesday. It's another episode of Black Table Read. And let's get into that black top. So, brother, what we got? Yeah, what we got today. All right, so, and Lydia will cover this later on. So for all my Black Panther fans, that includes me and Lydia, y'all know that we unfortunately lost our king, uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, back in 2020. Uh, And, you know, nothing is ever the same. Um, And so it came out, uh, I can't remember when, but it came out uh, from Kevin Feige, who is the executive producer and kind of like the head honcho over at Marvel Studios, that they were not going to be recasting the role of Black Panther. But prior to that, they had already announced while Chad was still alive that Black Panther 2 would be a thing. It was happening. We were getting a sequel. So most recently, there has been a petition to actually recast King T'Challa. Uh, and I can't remember. There was an actual number. Uh, also, oh yeah. So at this time, over 20, 20,000 people have signed the petition. That's a pretty, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a pretty significant number. number. Uh, but the reasoning now, everybody don't, don't jump down my throat about this. I didn't sign it, but I, I do think it is important and it actually ties into our topic today. So, but, you know, the petition cites that uh, by not recasting, it could stifle the opportunity for one of the most popular leading Black superheroes to add on to the legacy. Um, mm. And that that's that's an important thing to to note. So uh, I'm a big superhero buff. Like, I'm I'm a part of the fandom, Marvel, DC, I'm a part of it all. And the one thing that's interesting is Batman has been played by several different actors in the past, like, 20-plus years. Um, And same with Superman. Superman has been played by at least five to six different people, plus not to mention animated. So you have, like, one character that's been voiced, live action, all this type of stuff. And when Black Panther came out, it was huge. It was a phenomenon, like... It was this thing for everybody. It was the culture for real, for real. It was a yeah. lift for the culture. And so Absolutely. with them, in my opinion, with them not recasting, it, it kind of stifles that character's ability to still be influential in the culture. So in the comics, one thing that happens is like T'Challa goes and does something in another part of the world and he leaves Shuri to be the Black Panther at the time. Now, that is also a possibility, something they could be doing in the sequel. But I, I don't see why they're both 
honestly can't happen in a way. Uh, because I do think uh, strong black women and queens need to see, uh, also see the image of, of women ruling over. Tell them. Uh, while also young black kids seeing a black man other than a thug and a criminal. Like, both those conversations need to keep happening. Uh, and so I'm I'm on board with the recast. I know some people think it's disrespectful. I don't think that's the case. The same thing happened when um, Brandon Lee, um, I don't, is it Brandon Lee or Chris Lee? But there's a movie called The Crow. Uh, it's a really popular, like, yeah, Bruce Lee's, film. Bruce Lee's uh, son, yeah. Yeah. So Brandon got killed on set. <laughs> he got killed on set by a, a prop gun was aimed. I want to say it was aimed at his head or something like that. And they kept that film going. They even kept the series going. Uh, and it's just because of that character being so iconic. And that's the thing. Like our characters don't have a lot of limelight to be sh- shown in. And so with this not going forward as a recast, it kind of just keeps us still in that kind of box. It's like, are we only going to give y'all a little bit now, a little taste? Yeah. So, but yeah, so if you want to sign the petition, be on the lookout for that. It's somewhere on the interwebs. Uh, Sign it, you know, make your voices heard. But this is no disrespect to to Chadwick, his wife, his soon-to-be-born children, or anybody like that. This is just knowing that that character is so far beyond any of us. Like, it, it, it's a generational thing. So, yeah. What you got, Liddy? Well, to continue on the Black Panther train, uh, director Ryan Coogler wrote an open editorial talking about Georgia's new voting law, denouncing it, as a matter of fact. For both episode one and two, we have covered the voting law just because it is so detrimental to us as artists here in, I mean, us as Georgia citizens, one, but us as artists living here in Georgia simply because of productions and everything being filmed here. Now, Ryan Coogler, like I said, he wrote this piece and, you know, basically denouncing the fact that even though the bill is in effect, him doing his research about it, that he luckily will not be pulling Black Panther out of being filmed here in Georgia, but that, you know, he's just going to continue to raise his voice about it and be here so that people can have jobs. So let me read a little bit. I said, while I wish to turn my concern into action, I cannot do so without first being educated on the specifics of Georgia. Having now spoken with voting rights activists in the state, I have come to understand that many of the people employed by my film, including all the local vendors and businesses we engage, are the very same people who will bear the brunt of Senate Bill 202. For those reasons, I will not be engaging in a boycott of Georgia. What I will be doing is using my voice to emphasize the effects of the bill, its shameful roots in Jim Crow, and doing all I can to support organizations uh, fighting voter suppression here in the state. And it goes to you know list everything that the that the bill entails, and we've covered that, and we don't need to jump back into it. But again, the good thing is that the film is staying in Georgia; that there there will be a chance for jobs. Well, shout yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. I've, absolutely. Because I mean, yeah, it's 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 sad. <laughs> it's sad that you know, it really this is. bill is taking it's taking so many people for a loop. But when you have 
directors such as this, because yeah. we just mentioned last episode about Will Smith and Antoine mm-hmm. Fuqua taking their project Emancipation out simply because of the same thing about the law. And I mean, it yeah. would have been awesome to to cover that a project such as that specifically because of what it was about. And, you know, for the simple fact them being in Georgia, the emancipation obviously being a big part of, you know, Georgia's history as well. Um, but again, luckily, you know, Ryan Coogler just looks at it as, you know, I get it. It's it's going to knock down us, you know, as people of color to, you know, knock off our voters' rights, even though they cannot do that. But the last thing I want to do is take away opportunities for not only, you know, mm-hmm. actors and actresses, but, you know, the stuntmen and stunt women, local vendors and everybody. Because, I mean, most of the shots that you'd see downtown Atlanta um, over there in the in on the east side over there off Ponce, mm-hmm. like literally places within metro atlanta that it's us like yeah it, it literally is us so shout out to him for that yeah appreciate it ryan we we, we like to work thank you ryan here. thank you ryan. <laughs> <laughs> all right so for all my baldwin hill fans out there unfortunately we had a recent death of one of its stars uh Garen Taylor, also known as Ashley Taylor Garen, uh, passed away at the age of 30 in her sleep. Uh, Currently, there is no known cause of death, but it was reported that Taylor did suffer from lupus. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of sad. A lot of of our our people have been passing away a lot recently. Uh, Black Rob uh, was a part of the Bad Boys label, passed away over the weekend. He was 50 three of course dmx passed away he was like just it's just like people getting up out of here so take take good care of yourselves guys um you know we can't predict everything but you know be mindful of what you put in your body what you you know what you're taking out uh exercise if you can't try to eat right as best you can I know myself, I'm going to the doctor on on Friday because I'm like, look, I need a little checkup, little my check engine light been coming <laughs> Let me let me get right. So please be mindful. Also keep uh the Taylor family in your prayers. Uh I I mean that's a really young age. I will be not this year, but next year I'll be thirty. So for something like that to happen is kinda like it's a wake up call to be like, look, you know, no man knows the hour, for real, for real. So be uh be ever vigilant y'all out here so all right what else we got what else we got all right y'all to close us out for blacktop for my the talk fans uh it's almost a write-off of the show the view it has uh four or five different ladies who you know they talk about current events and things you have the Controversy dealing with Cheryl Underwood and Sharon Osbourne back, I believe, uh, sometime last month, surrounding the interview with Oprah and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And upon that interview, there was some controversy from Pierce Morgan, who is or was <laughs> was on. <laughs> he had a show on a broadcast in London. And basically voicing his opinion about the interview, about Meghan Markle. Yeah. I think at one point they were were friends or at least colleagues to some extent. And for some reason, you know, he goes in and he has his moment to speak about why Meghan Markle is 
you know, not fit to be in her position and why they're spoiled. It, it was a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You can look it up if you like to. We're not going to give him any energy on here. But <laughs> the the sense of what... There she is. There's yeah, the coming. queen of shade. There she is. There it is. There it is. I thought it was gone. She Never is mind. back. <laughs> she is back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. We are getting dug back. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so Sharon Osbourne, who is also a good friend of Pierce Morgan, also had a moment on the talk where, you know, she was taken up for her friend. And within this moment, Cheryl Underwood was literally just asking, like, what is your take on this? Why, why do you feel like you have to defend him even in this way? And Sharon Osborne, you know, thinking like, you know, he's not a racist and I don't know what, what would make you think these things. Cheryl Underwood just simply said, it's not so much of what he said, but how he says it. For some people, they feel like, oh, you know, actions speak louder than words. But sometimes how you say, like your tone, yeah. how you speak things, you you can still put off like, okay, even though I may not be upset, we can tell it because of how it sounds. Yeah. And there was a quote that, that got me within this whole exchange where I believe after this episode, there was, you know, that controversy with Sharon Osbourne being kicked off the show and everything. And... Sharon, uh, I'm sorry, Cheryl Underwood said to one of the doctors that came on the show, Mm -hmm. she opened up to them and she said, I feel like I'm in PTSD because it was a trauma simply because Cheryl Osborne, I'm sorry, Sharon Osborne, Lord, Sharon and Cheryl, help. um, That (laughs) they're right. (laughs) That, you know, she, she was just, you know, berating her in that moment of, you know, Sharon Osborne just trying to, you know, speak off of why she wanted to defend him yeah. and saying, well, I, I should be the one that, that, that should, you know, feel any type of way. I should be, I'm not, I, I'm crying right now because this is how I feel. And during that whole time, if you watch the clip, you can tell that Cheryl Underwood had so much to say. And it's just moments like that for us as black women, black people, you know, period. We, we already had that switch in our heads where we know I could go off right now, but I'm going to choose not to because a I'm at work (laughs) and two, I, I just don't want to even be, I don't, I don't want to be put in that light of being the angry black man or angry, angry black woman. And this is exactly what happened with Cheryl. Isn't that funny? Like that's the box that we're put in. Like, like as, as black people, like we can't, we cannot show emotion or frustration because it's because it's because it's so perceived to be angry when it's not it's advocacy honestly it's yeah. it's saying hey i'm not comfortable doing x y and z stop asking mm-hmm. me to i'm not a performing seal i'm a whole i'm a whole ass human uh mm-hmm. who i i deserve some type of input respect especially if i'm using my body my character my works to do the work like that's what i don't understand we get labeled something and then it's like, why? Yeah. And in this, so after all that happened, Sharon Osborne went to say, in true, I don't want to stand on my comments because I don't want the, the repercussions. Mm-hmm. An internal investigation was launched and weeks later it was announced that the talk would return without Osborne. And with that, Cheryl, you know, was talking with one of the doctors that came on board and said, you know, the thing about PTSD and said, 
I didn't want to escalate things with Sharon because I thought I was having a conversation with a friend, but also I knew I had to be an example for others to follow. I didn't want to be perceived as that angry black woman, and that really scared me. I didn't want to be that, and I wanted to remain calm and focused. It's almost like when black people get stopped by the police and they Mm -hmm. want us to remain calm, even though we don't have anything in our hands, even though we literally aren't armed or, you know, even though our registration says one thing, but we can call about it and say, hey, I do have registration. It's almost like that same thing, right? Yeah, you think- and then for Sharon Osbourne to say, I don't want to stand on my comments because I didn't want the repercussions. It almost That's, sounds like racism. Th- it almost sounds like racism. privilege. And racism. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like you have that choice. You have power. Huh. Hmm. hmm. All right, y'all. <laughs> All righty, well, that's... That's been the black top. That's the black top. <laughs> All right, y'all, we will be right back. We got to go pay some bills and, and make some money, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned for The Table Read. Hey, hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. This is Black Table Read. We're jumping back into things with The Table Read. Today's topic is more than meets the eye, the importance of black fictional characters. And I'm glad we're jumping on this one because Jarius is, (laughs) besides it being a comic book head, both of us are definitely you know, lovers of fictional characters where it comes to like, you know, fantasy and Mm -hmm. just... All of that to where you know where you can see what black characters can touch we into. We black and nerds you, all the way. Through. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and if if you had been catching up with you know, things like Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seeing where that went, and hopefully not to give any spoilers, but even though it was like a, a period piece and to an extent, they went into space at one point. Like it it, it was surrounded around a book all the way into the future, like stuff like that. That just uh, that just enhances it and all. Seeing but this in it is definitely that's that's the that's, the, that's the get you yeah. got you. It's wonderful to see. So oh, yeah. let's get into it. Well, I, I like you said, I'm I'm excited for this topic. I feel like I'm always excited for our topics, but this <laughs> one especially because, like I said, it, in the in the black top, I'm a part of the fandom. Like I'm deep entrenched in these characters, whether they're white, black, uh, Asian, uh, Native American, like anything of that, like if it's a character that I connect with, I'm invested, especially if it's live action. Um, so for like one thing right now I'm watching is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which comes on Disney Plus. And it's basically about the journey of Sam Wilson taking over the mantle of Captain America. But uh, n- not, to, well, I guess I can spoil it because you should have already watched it at this point. Uh, but this past episode, she's like, "No, don't spoil it." <laughs> so if you if so if you watched a couple episodes, I want to say like episode two or maybe three, you meet a character named Isaiah Bradley, and Isaiah okay. Bradley was uh, this black uh, soldier who they did experiments on to try to recreate the serum that created Captain America. Well, whatever happened okay. worked, um, but they did a bunch of experiments on other soldiers, kind of like the Tuskegee. It kind of takes elements of the t- Tuskegee Airmen ex- uh, experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, like, you know, they sent them on missions. They did X, Y, and Z. They experimented on them. And then they almost, like, 
wanted to kill the project entirely, which means they had to kill the evidence, which means they tried to kill them. And Isaiah mm-hmm. didn't let it happen. And then they basically locked him up for 30 years. Uh, and so, and there's a comic book series called Truth that explains how basically he was essentially the black Captain America uh, before Steve was unthawed out from being frozen. So it's, it's, it's moments like that. So like I'm watching that because that, that is seeing a black man take over as Captain America is new. Like that only happened in the past four or five years where Sam took over mm-hmm. for Steve Rogers. But it's right. important because kind of like what they said this past episode, no one in their right mind, if they want to keep power and racism going, would ever let a black man be Captain America. It's just not going to happen. And that's the same thing with, like, it kind of almost mirrors the same thing with the president. No one in their right mind would have thought that a black man named Barack Hussein Obama would have been president of these United States. No one thought that a vice president named Kamala Harris would be the first person of color vice president. Like, so these fictional characters go far beyond. They almost kind of help pave the road in some ways for things to change. And that's kind of why I brought, we brought up the the Black Panther. The recast is so important because all these other characters who are not black get to have the opportunity to live on way past the actors themselves. So, like for right. instance, like Superman, uh, Christopher Reeves was the very first Superman to ever well, not the very first ever first Superman uh, on live on the silver screen, you know, in, in the movies. Right. Uh, and he played, I want to say there are four Superman films. Uh, and then he had this horrible accident that basically put him in a wheelchair and all this other stuff. But then he went on to star in Smallville, uh, every so once in a while, which talked to, it was another story of Superman and he kind of stepped in. I mean, the same thing with Linda Carter, who was the first, you know, live action Wonder Woman. She's popped up every now and then, you know, all these characters, they either come back to show, homage to their character they help pave the way for the next one right they're not too many of those for us i mean you had blade was like one of the earliest ones that we got um that luke cage luke cage, luke cage hit a whole different wave though that look, listen, look first season for the culture you season hear me? one of black of of luke cage was i was re- i was Lit. locked in Absolutely. I was so like because also so like he has a costume in, in the comics and and one thing that yeah. the the series he never got a costume he kind of got a his classic costume when they did his little backstory episode that's his mm-hmm. classic costume but he wore a hoodie and it was oh and it was a, a an homage to Trayvon Martin the whole time right. and they mm-hmm. were like you know the fact that he can wear a hoodie fight crime and be bulletproof like transcending like i wore a hoodie from then on with no type of feeling prior to that i felt away if i wore a hoodie because i thought i was gonna get shot that's how deep that went yeah so absolutely these 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 characters are important um and so literally oh black lightning oh black lightning when black lightning came out i was like okay bet because black lightning also if you know black lightning also helps to mentor another black superhero down the line name of Static Shock, which you yeah. are a Static Shock fan. He is like right up there. But I, I mean, the one question I was going to ask you on the black top, what do you think about the recasting situation? For Black Panther? Yeah. I, 
Well, just put that there. I'm I'm not a big comic book head, but you know, just getting spits and spurts from my boyfriend, you know, he he told me about you know how Shuri is yeah. technically the next in line. Yeah. And I was like, oh well perfect, you know, shout out to you know Shuri. You know, that that'll like you said, give that that view for young black women. Yeah. And be like, oh, you know, she takes over for young kids to see that, mm-hmm. all of that. I I feel as though like literally you you hit everything. Just seeing how you got these other characters, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, there have been different people to play these characters. Yeah. Still the the same storylines, even if they, you know, jump off the cuff a little bit, mm-hmm. whether it's a prequel, sequel, whatever it is, it's almost just like when it comes to us, we 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 already know it's precious, yeah. understandably. And, you know, Chadwick Bozeman was that actor, that person that had such an aura about him yeah. that he brought so much to that character. Absolutely. I think that where it gets hung up is feeling like it can't move on because, you know, he unfortunately has left this earth. Yeah. But it's like, if we want to really continue on the story, which it definitely can, yeah. it's almost just like saying, with no disrespect, the show must go on. Yeah. Simply because of how much it it bursted our culture. Yeah. Like literally seeing people be, be so enthralled with everything that Black Panther brought. Yeah. You know? And of course, you know, it it brought such a light for, you know, people young and old. But it's like just to to halt it and be like, no. There, there shouldn't be another one. Like, there shouldn't be anybody to take his place. Yeah. Technically, if if we go along with what the story puts forth, we won't be. If anything, I'm sure. I'm sure that they could write it into where it, it, he'll be able to be honored. It's not to the point where yeah. he won't be able to yeah. be honored. But I think people are, again, are just so hung up on the fact that he was Black Panther. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you look at his father was Black Panther. Yeah. In the movie, he passes away, yeah. and what happens? Another it's one passed rise, down to T'Challa, and, and another one rises yeah. up, and it's it literally will be the same thing with Shuri. Yeah. So it's like w- with that part, you just have to think about it and and enhance the fact that it's possible. But just to jump on to, uh, you know, our characters as well. Speaking about Luke Cage and Black Lightning, and you know, sense of others. They're always stuck in one place. And we talked about this. They're always stuck within their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Luke Cage was in Brooklyn. You got Black Lightning, who's in Freeland. Technically Atlanta. Yeah. But you have (laughs) Superman, who basically, he can cover the world. Mm -hmm. The point I'm saying is, we have our characters, our black characters, that they're, they're good to save the hood. You know what I'm saying? Good to save the. But you don't. Done. <laughs> they should. They should pin that. That's, that should be trademarked. Lydia Koo. We said it first. Good they're good to save the hood. hood, but you never really hear or see about besides Black Panther. And that, that's that's another one. Besides Black Panther, there's never there's not really any black characters that are able to be stepped out of their neighborhoods, stepped out of the hood to to an there, extent. There was to one. Save, there was one. Know, um, who? Meteor Man. We talked about this, remember? Uh huh. R- Robert Town. Yeah, that's my guy, y'all. Yo, Robert did it all back in the day. I just want y'all to know, like, if y'all don't that know about Robert Townsend, guy. y'all are sleeping. 
I got the chance sleeping. to meet him two years ago, and it was oh such a moment. I I look. I just want to be influence. like how like. Where did you find this capital, this like ability to just go in these Listen, spaces? I got the chance to go see his um when he was doing a filming for his documentary for the the making of Five Heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And it was a Q&A afterwards and somebody asked him that and it was just like, you know, cuz he basically was talking about when he did Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. Basically from there he was going to use totally different characters mm-hmm. from Hollywood Shuffle. Oh, I'm sorry. He was going to use totally different characters for Five Heartbeats. Gotcha. And some of those same people that were going to be from Hollywood Hollywood Shuffle. But even talking about like having to use credit cards and things just to get things done yeah. for Five Heartbeats, like literally max out. I think by the time Meteor Man came around, he was able to you know build off of that. Yeah. But yeah, Robert Townsend, like just 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 Meteor Man in itself. Yeah. Again, where was he? He, within he his was, neighborhood. He was one of the, now he he did have a couple moments where he was outside of his you know general his sphere you know yeah. neighborhood, but yeah like right. like you said that that's kind of where they they stick us like there's no there's no outside for us it's like all right you you and Freeland or like you said uh, with Luke Cage being in both you know Brooklyn occasionally and mostly in like in Harlem those like predominantly. In Harlem, that's where yeah, he yeah. was. I'm so sorry. He, was in he goes to Brick Mayor yeah. once in a while, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, primarily being in Harlem. But one of the other things that I've noticed in a lot of, and this is why they're important, uh, ethnic changes in characters is also mm. a, an important thing to try. And not to do it just to, because it's fun and cute, but do it because if there's a certain story you're trying to tell. So one thing that that's interesting to me and and one of our friends here in Atlanta was just on the show. The Flash is, if you look at the the comics, Iris West Allen is primarily a redheaded white woman. Same thing with Mary Jane. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's a white woman huh. in the comics. Did not know that. Yeah. And same thing with wow. Mary Jane. Mary Jane is a redheaded white woman in the comics. Right. Most recently, yeah. both of them have been cast by black women. You yeah. know, Zendaya plays Mary Jane or their version of Mary yes, Jane. Knew that. Uh mm-hmm. and then uh what is not Candace Owen, that's that's a totally different black one. Uh uh Candace Patron or something like that, I think is her last name. But yeah, she plays Iris Wissell on the Flash show. And one thing that I've I've noticed is is the Flash is very like comic y and whatnot. But they've never really. The Flash gives me so much anxiety. But they've never really. If y'all watch the Flash, it's too much. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of things going on on that show for no reason. <laughs> but they never really tackled the the interracial relationship angle. They don't, and I'm glad that they don't because it doesn't. Well, I I, I mean more so to because well at least from the outside like the interwebs, there's always been yeah, this oh, hoopla yeah. about. Her being cast as Iris West and everything, like especially when it first of dropped, course. it was like, oh, no. Right. Like it was the same thing for uh, Amanda Steinberg when she was cast in Hunger Games. Oh yeah, because everybody was like, were like Rue. Oh, she... Rue. yeah, and they were just like, what? She's not supposed to do. Play. But it makes and sense it's... though. But like, if you cast those people, there is a specific reason that you went with a a cultural identity sh- switch. Right. Also, I never read the Hunger Games book, so I don't know if Rue was supposed to ever be a white person or what. But because- I was, I was so stuck on Harry Potter, I didn't 
care about anybody else. But I'm saying, but I, I feel like... Shout out to Ravenclaw. Look, I don't even know what I am. I just like the Forbidden Kingdom ride. <laughs> go on Pottermore. To... You can take your you can take your test and find out what house you're if in. If I'm a Hufflepuff, yeah. I'm I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I can't no, be you're, a Hufflepuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably. If anything, you you might hmm, because of your vibe. Sometimes King Petty. You about to call me a Slytherin? You you, aren't you? you, 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 you want to be a Slytherin, but most likely, most likely you'd be Gryffindor. Slytherin. Hey, you, you probably be Gryffindor. Hey, but go, I don't know. Gryffindor. You might be Ravenclaw with me because Ravenclaw, we got that that four that bite, points you know? for Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, look, look. This is why also being a black nerd is so great because look, we can go from the cookout to the Wizarding World. What you want? To the Wizarding what World. What you want? What you want? We got. Got it. We do it. We tapped in always. We can play. I love look, look, it. We can play spades and we can play spells. What's up? Listen, I will play Quidditch in a minute. You understand? Let's go. As soon as as soon as Quidditch is made into a real thing, oh. I ain't got no problem. Oh, I'm going that professional. Magic I'm going professional. That Thunderbolt 2000. What's Let's up? Go. Yes. But, you know, but like I, I wish, I wish they would tackle it just a little bit. Not, not that because of the importance of it when you like i said when you cast a character that is as a cultural switch there needs to be a reasoning behind it it can't just be oh well that actress is marketable or that i just want to but there's a reason like peru for example i felt like because okay so so check this so i believe that the the rue casting had more weight to it with amanda yeah. Because of I what agree. was happening in the storyline with the districts and everything, anyways. So with them being black, it showed the disparity even more because of that. You already had like the difference between the the people at the Capitol and then the other districts. So with that casting, it made sense. Now, if you just cast in just the because that person got some star power, then we need to talk. <laughs> Because you, mm-hmm. you're missing, you're missing an opportunity, and that's what I'm saying. These these characters are so much more than meets the eye. They there's something magnetic. Watching a kid watch a character and being so in awe of them that they then in turn want to be them. Like I remember watching yeah. my cousins being like, "I want to be Black Panther. I want to be, you know, I want to be Luke Cage and this that like." There's there's an understanding of that. Okay, these people look like me. They move like me. They talk like me. They came from the same neighborhood as me in a way. There's something that attracts them to then they want to not just emulate. They they almost take a piece of it with them through life. I remember watching, um, you know, Black Panther for the first time, and then the third time, and then the fourth time, and then I bought it on DVD, and then I watch it on Netflix, and then I watch it on Disney Plus, and all these different things. <laughs> But one thing that I started doing, so when I went on tour for the first time, uh, my bows, because I was the only person of color in my cast, I did the Wakandan bow every night. Mm, of course you did. Every <laughs> night. No shame. Of course. No shame. Yeah, yeah. But it was funny because when I would meet like people after the show, they were like, was that the Wakandan? Was that the Black Panther bow? I was like, yeah, yeah, it was. And then I also had a shirt that said, take me to Wakanda, my little favorite like yeah. little hoodie that I had. Uh, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I love it. I love it. Like, it was so great seeing that. But it was a reason for it. Like, I had seen the movie. There, I knew the importance of it. 
I knew what it meant to me to be in that space and the only person. So I had to showcase who I was. Yes, I'm up here, you know, singing and dancing. But at the same time, when I take these clothes off, I'm still going to be black. So right. when that character drop, I'm I'm still going to be black. <laughs> I'm black 24-7. So, but no, I, and, and Lydia, what, what is it like? Because I can't answer. I can only answer from my, my perspective as, as a black man. But there are even fewer black heroines and when they do come up like what is what is that like for you i mean it it definitely is a thrill you know Mm -hmm. not to say that i don't appreciate seeing black heroes yeah you know seeing our black men you know just save the hood as we we (laughs) said before and pushing more for for them to to save the world they good It pushed it more for them to save, you know, more than just those areas. But yeah, I mean, seeing a woman in that space, like you got, uh, I, I, her name escapes me now, but the young lady who plays, Cat, is it Batwoman? Oh, Jabicia? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Batwoman. She, you know, she jumped in after Ruby Rose, you know, got off the show for that first season. Um, and it's Misty great. Knight. It's great. Listen, Misty was my whole. She she was damn near my my spirit animal. Oh yeah, Luke and Cage. then Javicia's. I mean, I've been watching every episode since she came on for season two, and she has been killing it every yeah. like, every episode. So, and then if you've been catching, um, oh goodness, if you've been catching, what's the one that that just ended off of Marvel? WandaVision. Wanda. WandaVision. Oh, uh, um, Monica. T- Monica yeah. uh, Rambo, yeah. Uh huh. I I have no idea what was going on with her. I love the show though, but I I still was trying to figure out like what it was about her character. Like she was she was like mystified as hell. Well, <laughs> like, well yeah. You know. So she with with the energy it unlocked. So she plays a, a superhero in the comics called uh, Phasm. Yeah. Okay. So basically, she has like photonic powers and that kind of thing so she also went by the name of captain marvel at one point as well so she See, this is why you need comic book yeah friends. but no but the crazy <laughs> thing is so monica also is the little girl if you watch the captain marvel movie that came out a couple of years monica yeah, yeah, is yeah. the adult of the little girl that was like her her godmother essentially okay and the daughter of the black fighter pilot Right, and she was Monica. wasn't she the the lead? Well, her mother. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't she over the sword? She created sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. so she yes. has a big right. big arc in the whole comic book. So she's about to be Absolutely. a Marvel too. So she'll be even more of a big. But, ah, but that's what I'm saying. You had moments like yeah. that where you see in all of our naturalness. That was the thing when I she yeah. saw on her social media because you know I follow people like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. On her social media, to see her having her hair taken care of by black hairstylists was everything. Oh yeah, it's everything. That's, that's definitely yeah. I feel like that it's it's always going to be a part of conversation because there's going to be projects where people are literally going to feel like, oh well, we couldn't find it, but that's that's, that's definitely a lie. Cool. Like that is definitely bull, and I'm glad because there was when I was doing um. When I was on set for respect, yeah. like it was nothing but black hairstylists. I don't even know. They maybe maybe on the day that I was there it was just all of us, but there wasn't any white or any you know other hairstylists of of um other ethnicities that were in. Oh man, hair and makeup. That stuff is. But so yeah, good. like 
it is because it's like we we would understand our hair obviously but the thing is and even just to touch on the cosmetology cosmetology tip real quick it doesn't it never has made sense to me how you have people of all colors that will go to you know beauty school and not know what to do yeah with all types of hair yeah and it's like, what are we really doing, people? What are we? What are they being taught? <laughs> and <laughs> then it's said, like, how do you taught? get to these sets or wherever? And it's just like, um, your hair's like super tangled. I, I'm just gonna like blow dry it real quick, and I'm gonna. Oh no, you okay, won't. Okay, let let me. And it's just like, no, you won't. <laughs> no, I'm just you won't. gonna like comb it out really quick. You uh, not dry. You know fight, those I'm things. <laughs> Right, and it's like these things yeah. they need to understand. But I mean, just to go back to it, yeah, it definitely does bring a thrill to to see, you know, black women and young black girls. Yeah, in those in those you know as those characters because I mean, they mean know, so much to the culture. Awesome. They so much to the culture. It does because it, it it allows young people or even you know people of our age and older for real and older. to to see it and be like, that's me. Yeah, you know. So the crux is that's me. These people are more than meets the eye. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah. You see that that tie in that there? That tie in there. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we're going to wrap up the table read. Stay tuned for the BTR moment, which is our breathe, think, release moment. And we'll be right back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Black Table Read. We are so appreciative of you guys. Now it is time for our brief think release moment. This just kind of wraps up everything that we've talked about in this episode. So representation matters. Me and Lydia have been preaching this since day one of Black Table Read. Uh, even us as representatives of having our own podcast as two black artists in Atlanta, making it happen, working, doing all these things. It's a representation for people that look like us, kids, older, our age, whatever. Same thing goes for fictional characters as well. They may be on the screen. They may be on the page. They may be in just words themselves written out beautifully by a writer. They still matter. And there's more to them. They should be put in front of everybody to further extend the existence of who we are as 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 a culture, as black people, black Americans, non-black Americans, everything. But it it should, in a sense, humanize us even more when people seem to dehumanize us. Um, but also give give hope for the future. Like I said, Luke Cage gave me the power to re-put on my hoodie in a time where I thought that just putting it on would be a death sentence. Black Panther gave me the ability to stand in front of thousands of people on the stage at a night, bow with the confidence that even as a black man, I can step in white spaces and be perfectly fine. I mean, these people, although come from a page, have a place in my existence, in my essence, that transcends what they were maybe even thought of in the moment. One thing about Stan Lee, Stan Lee was a great guy. If you ever get a chance to read about Stan Lee, Stan Lee was a great guy. He created the X-Men. People don't really, I don't think most people don't know this, but X-Men was created in the mindset of Martin Luther King, Professor X, 
and Malcolm X as Magneto, both wanting equality, but he put it in a sense of what happens to a community or to a world of people who don't look like you and you oppress them, i.e. mutants. Mutants are the oppressed versus because of what they look like or what or or the powers that they possess. I'm going to let that manifest on you. But he also created Black Panther because he wanted to create a place, a utopia that was untouched by colonies and could thrive on its own. What would that look like? They matter. They matter to show that these are things we can aspire to. These are things that we have the ability to grow into. So if you're black or if you're black or not black, dive into these characters, understand these characters, because they're not just characters. They they are people in their own form and in their own media. And they have a place that will affect you in a way that I don't think you even understand. So I mean, it's Wakanda forever over here, y'all. So I hope you take some time to dive into a character. Go read a comic book. Uh, there's so many people of, of color. Uh, I mean, there's about to be a series with Miss Marvel from an, uh, an Indian superhero who took over the mantle of Miss Marvel. Things like that. Like, there are characters are coming out that are, are showing different shades, different colors, different walks of life. And that's what our world should be like. So... That is your BTR moment. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Lydia, uh, why does it always have well to said, end? Brother. Why does it always have to end so soon? Well, listen, the good thing is, is that we get to come back and do it all again <laughs> next week. And it's just gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna be hot fire. It's just gonna be hot fire. So hot fire. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We Hope that you check us out on all social platforms at Black Table Read. You can always shoot us an email, whether you want to ask us a question or send us a topic at Black Table, not at, uh, I can't say words. <laughs> Our email is blacktableread at gmail.com. Is there anything else, Lydia, that we got for the people? Y'all just, just continue to be your best selves, continue to love on each other, and, you know, oh, yeah. continue to stream Black Table Read on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, <laughs> Google. Out, all, all the, the things, things. <laughs> all right y'all well my name is jerry's Clyde, mr king petty himself this is lydia iku the queen of shade and we love y'all so much we'll see y'all next week bye, bye.